I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Right then, today we have got Andy Berry on the podcast, so thanks mate for joining us on the, I guess it's the last bit of your taper before the 24-hour Lakes Peaks Challenge, is that what it's called to begin with? Yeah, Lakes 24-hour Challenge, Lakes 24-hour Record probably is uh, what I'd call it. Um, Yeah, it's one of those... One of those ones that's not as well known outside of the fell running world, I guess you'd say. Yeah, I think because, and this is like bordering on blowing my own trumpet, I guess, very few people go for it, really. It's mm. like, it's not, you're either successful or you fail. There is no middle ground. There's no completion. There's no, yeah, there is no second place. You either do it or you don't. And uh, so... And people who've gone for it and maybe not said anything as well. So there's quite a few people who I know about who've maybe not made a not made any noise at all and just gone for it and failed. And you know, it's some of the some some of the bigger names of fell running, you know. And it's 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 a big big effort, it's a big day out, and it's uh, it's exciting when it's. Um... Like you say, it's either fail, well, <laughs> complete or fail. The uh, it, it's it's just one of the toughest ones out there, isn't it? If it's probably the toughest one that you can go for in terms of in terms of records and for, to put it in, like put it into perspective for us. It's what's the record but, at the moment? Seventy yeah. eight. So, so I, I always think now that to add another one on the graph isn't it, it doesn't just go up gently because you've got to do everything the last person did. And then add on another top. In order to add on another top, you need to find probably 30 minutes. So you need to run, well, I need to run what Kim Collison did, 30 minutes faster, and still have the legs to add in the top. 
Um, so now you're looking at about 100 miles in with, say, 11,000 metres of climbing, 12,000 metres of climbing, but not on trail. Some of it's got decent paths, some of it hasn't. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and everything in between. There's about four kilometres of road on it, and that's <laughs> it. Um, it's just, I guess, it, it's similar to doing UTS, but on the fells. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and like the the UTS that 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 is probably yeah in race terms, I'd say it's definitely the the hardest hundred miler we've got in the UK. Thinking about it, but you but the support in terms of checkpoints and logistics is out there. So, but that said, twenty four hour, I'm going to have people running next to me carrying all my stuff. I don't have to carry <laughs> a race pack. I don't have to do any of that. I've literally got belt with a tracker in that's about yay big and that's it and yeah and i can have as much food and as much drink at my fingertips all day so that is a big you know swing back in my favor i'd say <laughs> when but it comes just, to the rough comparisons i think they're kind of worse. yeah people will compare the like when you can start comparing times and elevation to other races in other areas it's i think it's just it's so hard if i'm honest it's not it's just a different it's well, completely yeah, different I mean, terrain. Look at Jim Wormsley's time at Western States compared to what he tries to do at UTMB. You know, it's, they're both 100 miles, but yeah. <laughs> you're not going to complete UTMB in whatever it was, 13 hours. Yeah. So it's just different. Yeah. different things, you can only it? compare it to the to the actual records that are gone, I think, and stuff like that. And then when people, I guess when people can see someone of the likes of of Kim has done 78 peaks and like in, in what was probably one of his best runs, then that puts it into perspective even more. If you know more about the sport and more about Kim, I guess. And then I guess it's more the fact that, yeah, the logistics of getting a team together for you guys that are running so fast and hard, I guess that's part of the, part of the issue as well. It, when I've been involved in the odd round that has been fast, it's, it's quite hard to get that support for that amount of time that can basically keep up with you and you can trust. Trust, has that been difficult or was that easy? Um, I'm lucky that so I'm a member of Keswick, so there's quite a few Keswick runners coming out and you know the depth of talent in that club is just, it's just huge. Um, so I've got quite a, quite a few of those guys out and then I'm lucky enough to have some friends who are super fast so Damien Hall's coming out Steve Bergentraw's coming out Carol Morgan's coming out you know a lot of Gavin Dale who's absolutely on fire yeah this, this year he's he, he's coming out and then I'm coached by Kim so he's gonna come and trip me up in the last leg and laugh at my face by 10 seconds and be like ah. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was gonna be that easy did you bury no <laughs> But no, he's uh, so he's coming out and doing the the last last two legs with me actually. So and then Has other, it been... other, other friends and things as well. Yeah, I guess um, people doing shorter sections and stuff can can keep up with you over that over that. Also, you know, there's chances to miss tops out, or you know, so when I supported on Jack Quenzel's Bob Graham last year, you know, mm. we see quite a few tops with support runners in order to get a break. 
going down yeah. the Helvellyn Ridge, you know, and and it works. It works fine. Yeah, I did the same on um on Beth Pascal's Bob. I did leg three with her, and it was just she was yeah. destroying me to be honest. And it was like, and uh, yeah, I had to miss a couple of tops out there. Just about, just about. It's that feeling, isn't it, when you're on a you're on a training week? And so it's like faster than a training week. And you're going, oh, yeah, sure, I'll come and help. And then like, you get oh, I had to, and really taped I had to, down for three weeks. <laughs> I had to basically peak just to do leg three with her. And then it, I just had a, a glute issue. I was like, oh, my God. But luckily, Shane Shane Ollie was with, with us as well. So he took, he took like, all full responsibility. I was just jogging along, feeding her, basically. Yeah. Um yeah, it's good. It's it's good to be part of those things. Uh, is it been? Have you been doing any of the training with the team that you're going to be out with, or has it been mostly on your own? Like from what I see, just from outside, you do a lot of the training on your own. Yeah, so a lot of miles by myself, really. I uh, I quite like it. If mm. I'm honest, I, it's it's why I do it. I'm except. Yeah. I'm massively massively competitive, but mainly with myself, and. I just love being out in the hills um, and also logistically just to fit everything else in in life, whether that's time with my son or time with my partner and then seeing friends and all of that means that I often get out of the van and get out the door, whatever, and as early as I can or as late mm-hmm. as I can, whatever's required. And, uh, and that's my, my way of balancing it, I guess. Cause yeah. You know, full time work and everything on top of it. You just gotta squeeze it in where you can, really. And then it's almost like guilt free running when you're squeezing it in, rather than taking time yeah. off everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I guess I've had a time in my life where there was a guilt element to it, but mm. there isn't anymore. Like, yeah, kind of changed for me. Running is definitely a huge part of who I am. But it also makes me a better version of myself for all the other mm. times. It makes me a better dad. It makes me a better partner because when I come back from the mountains, I'm just much more alive and myself. You keep me caged up too much and I'm just, I'm just not worth being around really. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. It's, it's, yeah, it's similar in our house. Luckily, like luckily, I don't know if it was the same for you. I met when I met my wife. I was already a runner kind of thing it was already part of my life it was already in my life so it wasn't like you know like it wasn't like a change 10 years later and it took over so so it's evolved a lot like having the kids all I do is all I do now is I try and change it as much as I can train when they're in school or I'm up or I'm up early kind of thing and out so I can get back at least for the evening you know if it's a long day in the hills or something yeah so my life's changed so that I've got my son for a week and then I don't have my son for a week and so yeah. the weeks that I do it's a lot of treadmill speed sessions you know and also him out on his mountain bike we go around like the local forests we do miles with him on his bike and we do oh, yeah. like hikes and things in the lake district with and I'll just put loads of water in my pack and just weigh myself down and then on the weeks when he's not it's a lot more outside long runs in the hills and that's how I, I balance it but it works really well and it's probably one of the biggest changes for me really is that regular mm. every other weekend out in the hills out in the hills but then the concentrated time to do my sessions as well it 
well. That's almost like you're working to like a two week schedule. Like like I found more yeah, recently yeah. since people have got more fluid jobs and lives, like that kind of rather than trying to squeeze everything with a long run at the weekend, what you're doing is is a, is a great way of doing it. Especially it allows you to have some bigger days on the week where you can, and then yeah, you can just have those speed sessions, but a bit shorter the following week. Is that what it's been been like? Yeah, and also split sessions. So we'll do say an hour and a half session on the treadmill on the Saturday mm. morning. And then as long as I want, just as easy as I want with James on his bike. And yeah. then, you know, I've got a nice easy run with damage in the legs, you know, work hard work in the legs from the morning and things like that. And I think all of those things build on top of each other. It's about, it's about having that relationship with your coach, isn't it? About, okay, this is your life and what works best in order to get the changes that we want to see. And yeah. Kim's been brilliant at, at, at sorting that out, and we definitely work well together with that. Has it helped? Obviously, Kim, Kim's got the record now. He also, uh, did he have the record on the Paddy Buckley when you attempt, when you, well, when you were due to attempt so, it? Yeah, well, until... Was until Finley turned up. Yeah, until <laughs> Ali Bevan said that uh, the Finn apocalypse came. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so that was two weeks before I was going to go. So yeah, so that was a fun cup of coffee when I first sat down. With him. I was like, so what are your plans? And I'm like, oh, you know, I was thinking about doing the Paddy Buckley and then gearing up for the Lakes 24 Hour Record. He's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. So you want me to coach you to break my records? And I was like. Well, since you put it like that, it does sound a little, little worse than how I was thinking it in my head. But yeah, overall, that's the, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it, he's been immense. He's been really, really great. And, yeah, uh, I can imagine it's he's a really um, nice guy as well. Yeah, I can imagine it's, it's it spurns him on as well. It kind of, yeah, as what having because it's because he's got some talented athletes, not just you, obviously putting in some great performances. And although you're going, going for essentially his records, it probably, it's probably exciting for him, probably adds a bit of pressure to his own, own work, if well, anything. And uh, my, my partner uh, put it to us like this, she's like, well, imagine if he could get somebody like you to break the 24-hour record. How good is that going to be for his coaching? And I was like, <laughs> 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 There's easier marketing strategies, I think, than <laughs> <laughs> coaching someone for that. Um, yeah, so it, will he be out on the course with you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So he's uh, so he's doing, um, I think it's legs six and seven. So he's basically doing from Wasdale to the end. Mm. So I actually think he's out now wrecking it at this exact moment. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And... Uh, yeah, so with this 24-hour record, there's 78 peaks, like you say, well over 10,000 metres. It's It's been held by some really big names. I know the ladies' record, was that last year, Fiona? Or was it was it sooner than that? I can't, yeah, I can't quite yeah it must have been last year. Yeah, that's changed hands a few times as well. Um, how, how much, what do you think the limit of this record is, is what I was going to ask? at the moment because like I, I would I would 
argue that Finley's probably the best mountain runner we've got and, and further afield, maybe. And you're not far off his Paddy Buckley time, about 20 minutes in theory. So, so you're up there as well, and Kim's up there. How far, like you say, because it's you've got to put in a big effort to add in another top. Is it more the fact that you just people will go faster? Yeah, like records are there to be broken, and whilst there will be a, a natural limit, um, I would say that. So Jack, I think Jack Quenzel's a great example. So mm. he. Everybody else looked at Killian's time and went, oh, well, that's not going to be broken for, for 20 years or 30 years until, you know, the next superstar comes along. And yeah. Wenzel looked at it and went, I think Killian had a bad day there. I think that I think that that's, he did it on tired legs. He wasn't tapered in. He just turned up and did it. I can mm. do that. And sometimes just that, I think that you agree that in this, in our sport, too many people get put on pedestals. And mm. then they'll do something and it just can't be beaten. And I think that what, what Jack Quenzel showed me last year was that if you just take the name off it and just, just throw everything you've got at it, and mm. you might not get it. You know, I'm, there is literally no guarantee. I know that I could turn up on Friday night, have the day of my life into Saturday, and still miss this record. Like, yes. Yeah. It's very, very, that's a very realistic outcome. And I know that. But, hey, I might not. <laughs> I might have a day of my life and do it. Like, that's, yeah. that's exciting, right? Like, and Yeah, definitely. And so I would say that there's definitely 80 there. I think mm. the same Sunday Crag or Haystacks will go into, into what's there. Um. So I think that 80, 81, once you start getting to that, I think you probably start looking at times because you can break up just doing the same tops and faster. Yeah. Um, which is obviously plan B for Saturday. Um, mm. I'd rather add a top, but yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Knowing, knowing the kind of people that would be going for that record, it's almost like going faster might not be quite enough <laughs> kind of thing. It's almost, like you say, it's plan B, but for most records, that is the goal, isn't it? But it's, it is, it's such an interesting one that like you would, you would much rather add a top, wouldn't you? Any, anyone would. Yeah. Well, that's the, I don't know somehow I see it as adding the tops a bit more special, isn't it? like pushing that yeah. boundary it feels like pushing the boundary more mm. than, than just eating the time but obviously i mean i take beating the time <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll take a second faster that'll do but, uh, but no definitely yeah adding the top would be would be, be special you know when it comes to the record or the, any of these records there's there's so many races around at the moment and like uts have just gone at the weekend um so what drives you to go for a record like this rather than do another big race because you've got to treat it the same as you are doing a race um what what make what draws you to these records and rounds um interesting i think that for me definitely the being out in the mountains is 
obviously mm. like on paper I'm faster like but it's marginal relatively um but so I have to enjoy the training I, like I just have to and so having that almost sense of adventure about it and I have been working on how do I get that feeling for racing mm. because really I've never performed at races okay I've done all, I've done all right at the odd, at odd one but ultimately how do I get that drive to push into racing so after this I'm doing I'm going to see how well I can do a hundred miler that's how I'm going to frame it it's not it's not I want to win this race or that race or or whatever it's right mm. how well can you run a hundred miles and go so I'll start at Lakeland I'm going to do the arc and then UDS next year and that's and we'll and we'll see mm. but uh but it definitely for now it's just that you know I love Scotland I love the Lake District Mountains but I'm going to start running out of these challenges <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that is one good thing there is an endless amount and then if, for people that don't go for the big ones they just seem to make up their own challenges anyway so and that's, and that's definitely something i didn't want to do so i guess for me this this journey started after i did the steep part round, which was every yeah. mountain 2500 feet and over so i did that managed to set a record for it and it was after that that I chose right okay when all this is done and my knees are shot and I'm you know trottling around as a vet 70 trying to uh trying to disrupt some youngsters race days um, what do I want to look back on and mm. do I want to, do I want to look back on having and there's nothing wrong with this this is just personal do I want to look back on having you know made stuff up or like gone around picking off races that I think I'll win or do I want to mm. just see would I be more proud of seeing how far I can go and failing than I would of aiming short and succeeding yeah and it was a conscious choice to go right well I understand that this goal I could fail at it's going to take me two years to prepare for it put it all out there and and see what happens and it's exciting it's saturday you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you've been like you say if you've if it's almost like a two-year plan what take me back to before the two-year plan so what was what was what was going on in the lead up to almost draw you to make the conclusion that right okay i'm going to give this a crack and it's good and i'm going to give myself two years to build to it so assuming the decision was made two years ago what led you to that decision back then? The realization that I had a house unit around me that would support me mm. all the way. You know, go go be all you can be. You know, my partner and my son are just like, go for it, go for it, take take it as far as you can and a lot more open about what that'll mean what that entails you know i've got diy jobs that are 
two years old to go alongside the two years of effort. And, you know, and it's very much a, a case of, I guess, always knowing that I could be better mm. and letting go of the excuses, letting go of, okay, well, I'll just miss this training session. You know, I'm a massive fan of uh, Steve Magnus and Brad Stolberg. Yeah. So they're, like the psychology books that they they do in their sports psychology. And, you know, people give themselves out all, mm. all the time, you know, whether it's a eat bad diet, whether it's missing training sessions, whether it's, you know, find an excuse before your race day the why you're already going to fail well that's a choice you're making and it's it's a self-defense mechanism to protect yourself and once you realize that then you can kind of let go of it i'm comfortable with failure come monday morning whether i've got the legs 24 hour record or not doesn't alter who i am you know i guess it must feel you must feel like i can see how excited you are kind of thing about it so it must you must I imagine you must feel good about the fact that in that two years you put you know now no matter what happens on Saturday you put yourself in a position where it's where it's a possibility yes something could happen that's out of your control but right now it sounds like you're confident that you're in a place where you can go out there and and have a good chance to do with it is that is that one of the best things about the last two years I imagine yeah like standing on, getting out of the car, standing on that start line with a realistic chance that it could happen. It's, you know, I'm a better runner now than I was two years ago. I'm more comfortable in who I am as a runner than I was two years ago. And I'm ready just to go out, leave it all out there. And if it's not enough, it's not enough. If it is enough, great. You know, either way, we'll celebrate for a few days and then we'll recover and then it'll be back at work to go to the next one. It, it really doesn't, it really doesn't matter essentially. Yeah. And that's a great feeling because it is only running. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not the end of the world. No, it's not. Good, but it shouldn't make us feel awful about who we are. Mm. It should be an addition, an addition to your life. And whether that's completing a race for the first time, or whether that's pushing for records, that shouldn't matter. Like it doesn't alter who you are. Just makes when you've gone, fun. like you say, some of the race results from a few years ago, you like you, you said yourself might not. Um, well, they, they weren't at your potential kind of thing. So, what do you think were the main changes? Was it more? Is it been training with Kim, or has it been yourself tra- changing training back then, or is it? a book that you read and it was a shifted mindset or has it just been a gradual process and then you've realized each time that you can push the envelope a little bit or was it what i'm trying to say is was it a clear decision when you were doing racing more i guess that you're gonna you're gonna go all in on this kind of running or was it was it more gradual i think it was probably more gradual i think it's just learning learning that little bit every time and whether that's 
learning bits of your friends who you're out running with, or whether that's learning bits of somebody as experienced as Kim and knowledgeable as Kim, whether that's a little bit in a book. Like, I don't take the books verbatim. You know, mm. you, you take out a little bit that applies to you. And some bits will chime more with me than they might with you. But I think that there's so much out there to learn for everybody. You know, I read, say, George Foster's post, did a whole series after his last race about different things. And, yeah. you know, like, some of it was like, oh, okay, I know that, I know that. And some of it was like, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought mm-hmm. of it that way. And you can learn from from, from anywhere. Even from people doing stupid videos on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you better listen to George and me, I think. But <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe how much he's posted in the last few months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, like George is another one that like you say, like he'll he'll openly said I, I chatted to him after his Bob Graham, and it wasn't like his sole focus; it wasn't a big focus, and he put out a time at the time that was. I guess people didn't think anyone would get that close at the time. And, and that shifted people's mindset, I think, a little bit with the Bob Graham. So, so you're right. All it, like, and, and Jack coming over and just, yeah, without basically with <laughs> no regard to that record, it's, it, it was, and, he, and he'd looked at it a different way. Like you say, he'd looked at the parts where like Killian had slowed down and things like this towards the end and, and knew that he, on a good day, he possibly wouldn't and stuff like this. Have you been doing, taking bits like that and taking a look at the record and and even like you're having to look at Kim's times essentially and going, where can you make up times or where were you might be slower and things like that and adding it up or is it just, I'm going to run yeah, like, to my best ability? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. His start is just explosive. Like his yeah. times over Northern Fells are just, you know, I look at them and I, I've tried to train to them and I've just done some of them and just gone. <laughs> I'm not a Ferrari. I'm a much more like a diesel car that once you get up to like, you know, a decent speed, then it'll keep going. Okay. So in order to get round that, I'm going to start a leg earlier and mm. get my time in the bank. 
So his last mm. leg time, relatively speaking, I'm going to take a chunk of time off that. So his last leg will be my first leg. Mm. Then I'll try to survive his first leg. And then when I get to the end of my leg two at Threlkeld, what the difference is there will be actually what I've probably got more like what I've got to play with. Got you. And, yeah. And then after that, it's just a game of protect it for as long as I can, as much as I can. And I expect it will kind of go lose a bit, gain a bit, lose a bit, gain a bit until, until probably Langdale. And then hopefully I'll be able to maintain it from there. So yeah. And just having smooth changeovers, take out all the, all the things that I can control as best I can control them. Yeah. I can't control how fast he ran. I can only control how fast I can run. So mm. if you break it down, it's about four and a quarter miles an hour. I can do four and a quarter miles an hour in the mountains. I know mm. I can. I can do that for 24 hours and I'll be there or thereabouts. So realistically, it's going to be more like five at the start and three and a half at the end. But I can Yeah, do but it's that. a great way of thinking about it, really. Yeah. And don't worry yeah. about the split. I've got my times I need to be through certain road crossings to keep it possible. Mm. But I'm really not concerned. Top the top. You know? Yeah. No, that's uh, good. People will always ask. People will always ask about. Uh, <laughs> they always ask me anyway about about food and nutrition and stuff like that. So, let's start with day to day life. It how what what does nutrition look like? Is that something? Do you, do you think about a lot? Have you changed a lot again in the last couple of years? Yeah, just... so I turned, I turned plant-based and vegan three years ago. And that's, I think that you can have a, I did it for environmental reasons. That's, you know, I, I can't afford to put solar panels on my house. I can't afford an electric car. <laughs> the next one I can do is change my diet and that will make a big impact. So that's what I chose to do. From a sporting perspective, you can be a healthy vegan or an unhealthy vegan. You can be a healthy meat eater or an unhealthy meat eater. It's yeah. more about thinking about making your food from scratch or, mm. you know, am I making sure I hit all the major food groups? I have a physical job, so I'm a plumber on a building site. That's what I do. Um, self-employed so that I can naff off <laughs> <laughs> so I normally, you know, on a high training week, I can be requiring anything between three and a half to 4,000 calories a day. Um, I'll do that. I, I use Huel. I think yeah. it's a great way of getting, getting good, good calories in. Mm. So I'll sometimes have two of those a day intermixed with, you know, breakfast, afternoon snack, like pre-workout snack, tea, supper, you know, five, five or six food. I love food. I, yeah. I, I get almost as excited about food as I do about running. I absolutely, <laughs> I love cooking, love food. So, uh, did you like, so, yeah. did you love cooking and, and, and cooking things from scratch yeah. before you went plant-based? Yeah. 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 I've, always, I've always enjoyed it, but uh, it's something that we like to do in the house. You know, like 
make the kitchen the hub of the house. Mm. Uh, it's fun, you know. What's uh, that was going to be one of my questions actually, because if someone's training a lot, that when it's when it is plant based, like and it's in a healthy way, the volume can be quite a lot, I imagine. That just volume of food that you have to <laughs> increase, but have, have, having the, the huel is, is, is almost perfect kind of thing, using it in that way. Yeah, for sure. Because, um, you know, that's got... It's like a protein shake with good calories and vitamins. Yeah, and vitamins <laughs> and stuff, yeah. You know, it's basically, it's got, I think it's got like nearly 30 grams of protein and so 20 grams of protein. Yeah. It doesn't taste that's, like feet that's either. The, that's the first question everybody always asks. How do you get enough protein? You know, like, well, yeah. you know, <laughs> pretty much the same way you do. I eat yeah. food. <laughs> I've been having some of those heels, specific, like a lot of the time, like a day before a race or something, my appetite's not usually that good, or a day before a bigger training run or after a training run, something like that. Just because, like you say, it's, yeah, it's, it is just protein and vitamins and stuff like that. It's not... It's not like rocket science for runners or athletes. It's no. actually, it's actually great. Um, yeah, I, I, I often think that, that some people overthink. Maybe you've got to think about it a lot. But mm. if you, you know, there's no point in going to McDonald's and buying two cheeseburgers just to say, oh, you know, I needed the protein. No, that yeah, that, that's real crap for you. Like that's really bad for your body. Like on numerous other <laughs> levels, <laughs> you'd be better off. <laughs> maybe going home and having some peanut butter on toast with a banana or whatever you want, know? Yeah. I don't know. No, it's, uh, it's interesting. Although like, obviously you said it's for environmental reasons. You can, yeah, just uh, not selling the, the point, but just from a health point of view, it's yeah, just a good thing. And, and I'm, I'm not vegan at all, but I'm married to a vegetarian. So it's, it's very high high plant-based with some meat yeah. thrown in and and I do see the value like you say in in people moving towards that I think a lot of the times it's if you haven't been com- coming from a background where you're cooking from scratch or s- starting from scratch you it seems like you have to take the easy option and and the ve- easy vegan options aren't always great I lost you there for a bit oh you got me I've got you back there now yeah don't worry. If if the picture goes, don't worry about it. It's uh, it records it perfect. Yeah. yeah. If all I was saying is, yeah. If the, if yeah. If if someone's starting from scratch, uh, sorry. If someone is is looking to turn, let's not say vegan, but add in more plants into their diet, that kind of thing. What? Well, I, I didn't go you... black and white. I, mm. like, I, I phased it out over six months to a year. That's why I okay. three years rather than four years because. It was definitely, uh, you know, I didn't just go, oh, one day I'm going to be plant-based from now on because I just mm. felt that that was unrealistic, you know. So it just started with main meals. Yeah, okay. And work back from there. Like, for a long time, all of my running foods, like, didn't change. I still had, you know, normal sweets and yeah. chocolate bars and all of that. And then just over time, just, okay, well, I found a vegan version for that, so I'll just do that. Instead, mm. then it just kind of looks after itself then and you're you're like me you're you're like supported by talk is that right talk fitness yeah so so, it, uh, so what do you, you mainly use their stuff through training and races oh, well yeah challenges 
Yeah, so I look. I mean, I've always loved their gels. Their gels are the mm. are, are, are the tastiest ones. So I approach them <laughs> kind of like, hey, I use your gels. Is there any chance of a little bit of discount? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they are nice. <laughs> yeah, they are. So I use that, and then I use their flavorless powder. Yeah. As well. Um. So my my thing with the drinks is I I normally use half fruit juice. Like fresh fruit juice, half water with the talking, and then mm. all I say to my partner is, I want so many bottles on a leg, and she'll just mix the juices up. So maybe one one leg I'll have apple and mango, and then a cherry or whatever, and that way I never kind of know what I'm going to get, and it's quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> this one's orange, orange and pineapple. Mm. <laughs> the, the excitement. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, all the little things throughout the day, isn't it? It's just, uh, it's just about tricking the mind to 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 enjoy the enjoy what you're trying to put in it. I guess. Oh, definitely. Like I um, I save things like the like you know like the the cola flavor the one they do like with the caffeine yeah. in that tastes really good to me, but. But obviously, you can't just have caffeine from the start. So saving that until later on and, and and tasting that, I always find is <laughs> it's like yeah, I've, like, I've tried to mix up the flavors, you know. So I've got like whatever a massive pack of gels for a leg, and there's one of each flavor. <laughs> it's just uh, yeah. Uh, oh, strawberry yogurt. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When is the uh, uh, so, uh, what is the kind of did you know how much are you really methodical with how many carbs per hour that you're having, or if you if you managed to push the limit to that yeah, as well? Is so that... The Ulls Water Rim that I did a couple of weeks back that was my final test piece to see whether the stomach will take just over a hundred an hour, and it was mm. absolutely fine. Um, so that's what that's what the goal is, and that'll be throughout a variety of ways. At the start, it'll be talk gels mainly with stuff like I've, I've been able to take gels all through the paddy book. I did just about on gels, you know, I can do 16 hours. So maybe yeah. we would run out and do 24 hours. I've never been proved, disproven about that, but halfway through the day, I will put in some real food as well, mm. just for variety. So the game will be two gels an hour, a little bit of something else topped up with the with the powder in the balls and that should get me so no I'm not methodical I guess I'm not like I need to be this much but that'll put mm. me in the ballpark of having enough energy as long as I get those in I shouldn't have any problems yeah makes it easy doesn't it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. just keep if basically you, if you... keep throwing gels at me and just tell me to keep <laughs> eating and I'll be fine yeah <laughs> I always so think on, people. On Sunday when I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can, you know, like when, and then someone offers you a sweet treat like the day after or something, you're like, oh, nice. No. <laughs> yeah, like I've got such a sweet tooth. And then after my Paddy Rugby, like I had all this like vegan pick and mix left. And I was like, yeah. oh, I, on Sunday, I'm, on the Sunday, I'm going to have all this pick and mix. And I just looked at it, I was like, no way. I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm savory all the way today. I'm exactly the same. You can, I can, I can hammer the gels all day long, and and the liquids, and and I have got a sweet tooth. And then, yeah, you're right. The next day, it's like, oh God, I need, 
I'm not going anywhere near that. <laughs> um, what what time are you starting it and everything? Uh, so midnight on Friday, going into Saturday, and it's midnight Saturday, hopefully. So. so and yeah. is it a start? Is it a? It's not a moot whole start, is it? Traditionally, no. no. So with the twenty four hour, you can start anywhere as long as you finish. Yeah. In the same place. So I'm gonna copy Fiona Pascal and start and finish at Newlands Hawes. Mm. Um, to try and get that Kim's last leg in first, as I said. Um, so yeah, plenty parking there as well. So <laughs> easy enough. Good. And uh, will you have a tracker? Yes. Yeah. So there is a, a there's a tracker kicking about. It's in my bio on Instagram. If it's uh, if it's not anywhere else, but uh, I'm sure it'll be floating around the. Yeah, Good. Like. I'll make sure I share it as well, so you'll have some more eyes on you. Hopefully, <laughs> have you got oh, people? Yeah. I'll maybe wait till twelve hours in, see how you're going, and then go. And Andy's doing really well. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> when you've, like you say, after this, I know you. Don't, I know you don't want to think too much after this, but. What oh, I'm does, fairly happy, to be honest. Yeah, what you say you've got the Lakeland 100, is that right? Yeah, so that's nine weeks after, ten weeks after, something like that. Mm. Are you um, going to be looking at Mark's time time at that? It could go anything. Like, it, like, it could be that I just want to finish it first and foremost, and then mm. it could be that my brain's had enough of the pain cave for this month, mm. kind of thing. And it could be that it's like, no, we're shutting up shop. We're just going to have a nice cruise run. It could be that I have the fire in my belly and it's like, yeah, okay, perfect weather. Let's go for it. And it could be anything in between those things. So my first and foremost goal is to get the Dale Main in good nick and then mm. see where the day takes me. I think that I definitely want to... I think under 24 hours is, I think that's goal number one. And then after that, just see. It depends. Lakeland's its own beast, isn't it? You know, the weather, the competition. I mean, Gavin Dale's there. I think Mark Darvish is back as well. Like, it's a strong mm. it's a strong field, so absolutely nothing for granted. But sometimes that helps when it comes to chasing time and things. You know, if, if there's a group at the front that can not blow each other up at the start, <laughs> And then finish strongly together. Then, uh, then, then who knows? Yeah, good man. It'll be interesting. Like you say, it's it, it's rare that you get you get kind of like a strength in depth at Lakeland with it with a good few runners right at the sharp end. Or, or if there is, like you say, yeah, a couple will drop out at halfway or something like that. So it would be good to get two or three of you at least pacing each other around a bit. <laughs> yeah, and I think that uh, oh, I messed up my race at Lakeland 50 last year by starting too fast, so I definitely don't want to make the, the same mistake again. Um, mm. And everyone always tells me that Lakeland 100 is just the most amazing thing in the world, so I might as well go and, go and find out and enjoy it for, for being that. And, uh, and yeah, I think that 
I would say that that time is is beatable. All times are beatable, you know. And as you say, if there's, I'm pretty sure Mark is there again. And um, you know, if he's if he's there, he knows it. He knows how fast he had to run. So mm. I would see it as, oh well, I'll tuck in behind him, and then we can have a race at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh it's exciting, mate. Have you got any plans to race like any of the bigger ones outside outside of the UK? Is that obviously yeah, so, I mean, is it on, on your mind with the travel and everything these days? Yes, but I don't think it would stop me traveling to Europe in particular. I think that mm. the US races, I think it may be a different thing. I, I mean, obviously, if I've got the chance to go to something like Hard Rock, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna yeah. turn that down. Like, <laughs> you, 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 no. you know, you're just not gonna not gonna do that. Um, but I'm not. I'm, it's difficult. You know, you don't wanna you, you don't wanna cut your cut, cut your ropes or anything. I'm not a massive fan of the UTMB. Yeah. Brand, like you know, stories. Some stories that I've heard about what they've done to people just for having their badge in a video or something like that is. You know they're so far up themselves that anyway. Um, that said, it's pretty much the race. It's the hundred yeah. miler. You know, like it's the unofficial one hundred mile world championships, if you will. Um, mm. So the simplest way I can see of doing it would be to do UDS and do really well. Yeah. <laughs> the simplest way. <laughs> and go and do it. Just to just to go and you know have a race against the best in the world, bit pretty much, and, and see where we stack up. You know they're only human. They've only yeah. got twenty four hours a day. I mean they might all have professional physios and you know be able to sleep as long as they want and not have to go and do a shift on a building site. But other than that, they're all just human. Go give them a race. Yeah. So. I won't. I won't ask you to give you any any timelines or anything afterwards because you come into the end of two years worth of uh, <laughs> worth of the last one. So yeah, I'll give you a rest. But um, yeah, if if it was let let's let's kind of wrap it up with some advice because I, I like from outside I really like the way you've gone about about the challenges that you've set yourself and it seems like you're just you're you're pushing yourself more than more than ever in in the things that you want to do if someone wants to take on these challenges like the bob graham or paddy buckley and they're just like the normal kind of middle of the pack runner but they think they might be able to keep capable of it and they work full time just like you like one you're proof that you can do it and do it very well but what advice if any can you give people that are almost stopping themselves or getting in their own way from going for these challenges discuss it with those around you because although it's an individual thing mm. you know it does take a village so make sure you're all on the same page about what it takes and then once you make your commitment commit to it you know and and, and go all in and it, it whether that's you know you live somewhere flat like durham isn't massively hilly it's got some hills so it takes big treadmill runs on 15 percent and it takes all the 
all the different things that you read about online, you you need to find find what works for you. It's not about doing it once. It's about putting the bricks in the wall. Like is yeah. my thing, you know, like you don't walk up to a house and it's just okay, there wasn't a house, there is a house. It's one brick at a time. And so that's how we especially at the start, me and Kim framed it, like I'd often just text him or he'd text me on a Sunday and be like, Oh, how was that week? Like another solid brick in the wall. And he's like, Yep, yeah, that was a he'll either go, Yep, yeah, that was a good solid brick, or he's like, That was an excellent brick and that was just our way of framing, you know, that's a another bit done just another mm. it, it doesn't happen overnight it's not about you know one thing like we've tried and done multiple things even through the last six months we've done you know we did a mini block of that the, the norwegian method where we were doing two mm. lower intensity sessions in a day so we'd do like a one in the morning and one at night we've done you know, the cardinal sin, we did it for four weeks where you don't run your easy runs easy, you run them easy with a bit of effort, but yeah. for a very short amount of time. And just building all of these little these little blocks for a specific reason, which is why mm. having a coach is probably one of the best things you can do if you've got if you're able to spare that money to get a to get a coach, I'd definitely recommend it. I think that it's it's an excellent asset for me to be able to just open up my training peaks. What have I got to do? Okay, as long as I do that, I can look in the mirror on race day and go, I did everything I could. Mm. Look after your diet. Look after your sleep. Sleep's massive. You know, I'm not the I'm not the greatest at it. You know, there is does have to be sacrifices in order to fit everything in, but understanding that it is important and not just discounting it yeah alcohol i am and it it, it wounds me (laughs) i love a beer i absolutely love a beer but i couldn't ignore the science any longer if yeah if they created a pill a supplement for all the benefits of not drinking alcohol it would be it would sell for hundreds and hundreds of pounds like it's just, it's awful for you. <laughs> like, yeah, badly. it is. <laughs> you know, like, I, I read, I read some research that was really solid about how even like two or three beers after a hard session completely negates all the improvement that you would have made off the hard session. It's like, shit. <laughs> there goes the beers. <laughs> you know, I used to love a beer after a hard training session. It's like, oh yeah, mm, hard training session yeah. beer, and. So I made a, so that was Christmas did, reading. Did Kim write that research though? <laughs> yeah, like I really wanted to ignore it. Massively wanted to ignore it. But uh, after Christmas, uh, just gone. So in the last five months, you know, it's about, I, I haven't gone teetotal because I don't like mm. to put that on myself either. Um, but definitely choosing when to have a beer is, yeah, and I do think it's made a difference. I genuinely do. Um, not running my sessions too hard. So we did uh, lactate testing. Yeah. To, to to find out and to see where I was switching, which for me is around about 177 beats a minute heart rate. Over that, and I'm I'm anabolic. 
So when I'm on the treadmill with a chest chest heart rate strap, I can I'll drop the speed or I'll drop the incline to make mm. sure that I don't go over that because over that and I'm not building the right system for what I want. Like, mm. I'm not I'm not a short racer. Um. So getting that getting that intensity right for my sessions because I think. Previously, it's really important, it's, isn't it? Because a lot of people, they're either, they either they either misunderstand the 80-20 or they put too much emphasis on the fact that it should be, you're either running very, very hard or you're very, very easy. That's what a lot of people might see it as. And, it's, and, and yeah, and like you said, that's not the intensity that you want in, the, in for the majority of people's races really and that's not how the best are training either it's more what you would call you'll like a see, pyramid you know, you'll see a, a first rep up here and then like and then a rep and then a rep and it's like mm. no, that, that's not good like yeah you know they need to be there can be a little bit of drop off but you really want to be trying to keep a level and level of intensity across the board so yeah yeah it's a uh, i guess that old way of just running your reps as hard as you can, it just sticks, doesn't it? A lot of the time, and, and, and really it, I guess, yeah, yeah. I guess that's where the tread, the treadmill, can help to a certain extent, and obviously your heart rate reading. You can just set it and almost forget it, and just get your session done. Yeah. So, and we did it with. Uh, so when I was saying about that moderate intensity, trying to get. So for me, it was running five minute Ks, get my heart rate from 155 to 160 down under 150. So mm. we did it by just running all my runs at five minute Ks until I could control my heart rate enough to to bring it down. And the treadmill for that was was brilliant because it takes out all the the other sides of it. Um, that that kind of thing, I I, I do think the for me, the treadmill work is, is is a big big part of keeping a level of science to the training, and mm. also during winter, I, I do like the ability to just put a film on and just sit yeah. and knock out my knock out my hour and a half run without getting cold and wet and miserable. Yeah. There's a time for getting cold and wet and miserable, but for me, that's out in the hills, getting properly cold and wet and miserable. Yeah. I've got the, um, I didn't go as far as a treadmill, but I, I stuck a watt bike in the garage for that reason, because I, I've done, I, I, I'm not afraid of going out in the wet and the cold and everything. But like you say, when it's like just if I want an intense session or something and it's icy or it's like where I live, I can have two weeks of snow on the road, on the lanes. So yeah. I, I'd much rather just do a hard session on the watt bike in the garage these days. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. People, it, people seem to either love treadmills or they're completely against it. But it, it is a tool, and if you use it right, then it's definitely a brilliant one at that. I'm excited to see how you go. But hearing about your training and the, the insights has is, is been has been really good too. So hopefully it goes well at the weekend, mate. I am gonna I'm gonna let you go now. But yeah, if you want to follow Andy, is it Andy double underscore Berry? And yeah, it's not just not just for this 24-hour record. I'm sure he's got lots more to come. Okay. Cheers, Andy, mate. Thanks very much. Yeah. Cheers, man. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.